stand. Oh, 
Sunday school lesson this morning, we talked about David built, wanting to build a temple for, for God. And, and, and we talked about how the fact that if we fast forward to, to the New Testament and, and we see Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit come, that the, the temple of God is his people because the Holy Spirit resides within us. And so God is certainly welcome in this place if God is in your heart. If God is here, the Spirit of God is here with us. And so we worship him in spirit and in truth this morning. Um, Look, it looks different up here today. Vacation Bible School is going on this week, and so if you haven't invited anyone, please do so. We'd love to have as many kids in this place as the fire marshal will allow. And, uh, and, and I don't really care if someone sees it as babysitting because it's going to be babysitting and they're going to hear the gospel. And so uh, that's, that's fine by me. Uh, so bring them on, and, and uh, if we have to figure out how to feed them, we'll figure out how to feed them or whatever. I would love for, for kids to be here this week. I'm excited if, if you are, especially if you are one of our guests today, um, we're, we're excited to have you. We'd love for, to know who you are, love to know more about you. There's a portion of the bulletin that you can fill out uh, and, and, and love for you to fill that out, tear it out, place it in the offering plate, uh, and then, uh, or hand it to a minister at the, at the back of the service, at the, at, excuse me, at the back door at the end of the service. Um, so uh, love for you to, 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 to do that. Right now, find somebody and, and let them know that you're excited to be here. We welcome God in this place, and we welcome you in this place. I'm going to go over here and be with BJ and the bear.
grasping in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary My God's word unless my sin I learn Then I tremble Faithfulness 
There's a story that Jesus told one day about a lamb that was lost and gone astray. Though the rest were safe within the fold, the shepherd searched for the Thank <laughs> you. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being able to be here today. We thank you, Lord, for what our eyes have already beheld, what our ears have heard, and what our hearts have experienced. We pray, Father, now as we open your word that you would speak to us, and Lord, you would uh, give us comfort, and uh, you would bring cleansing as we repent of sin, but Lord, that always we would crown you King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. We put these over here. Smile. Hold it. Hold it. Keep holding it. Just keep smiling. Still smiling. Still smiling? How long do you believe you could smile? Huh? Well, here's what I found out. There was a little girl named Lisa Lester. She smiled 10 hours in five minutes without stopping. Previous record was seven hours and 32 minutes. And then she stopped smiling. A smile is outward. It's outward, but what's inward? That's what we're talking about. You know, there's a big difference in being happy and being filled with joy. If we're happy, it comes from a word that comes from what we understand to be happenstance. The book of Philippians talks about joy in that light. That if happenstance means that circumstances, people, and things, that if those are happening in our life in such a way that it stirs within us and we agree with it, we're happy. And so it shows with a smile. But joy that we're talking about in the fruit of the Spirit that the fruit of the Spirit is love, it is joy. It's something that's inside of us. It's inside of us. And so I ask you today to smile. Now I'm going to ask you, are you happy today? Take an evaluation. How are things going? Circumstances, people, things. Are you pretty happy about stuff? But then I'm going to ask you a second question. Are you joyful? And that means in spite of people, in spite of circumstances, in spite of things. There's such a difference that is there. So we're going to start by discussing this together. Joy is so, so different. So different. It's not based on circumstance. It's not based on chance. Just by chance that something came our way. It's not based on luck. But our joy is determined not by our happiness. Happiness is determined by what happens on the outside. Joy is a result of what goes on the inside. And here's what it says, Galatians 5.22. The second component, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And the Greek word that is used right there is chara. 
C-H-A-R-A. And it means delight. It means gladness. So this joy or this divine delight is not based on our circumstances. It is a state of continual rejoicing. Now I'm going to get this plane off the ground a little bit, but uh, the Lord kind of added to this message after I sent in the, the PowerPoint. And I want us to go back and think about how I introduced this whole series. When I introduced this whole series, I was in John chapter 15, and in verse 11 it said, These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Joy is a birthright of every child of God. When we accept Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, and he gives us one likened to himself to reside in our hearts, the Holy Spirit of God, our birthright becomes that he is able to produce within us this joy. So I want us to think about what that would mean to be conscious of that. To be conscious of that, that it be so conspicuous within us and it be so continuous uh, with us and contagious that our joy, wherever we go, people would see it and they would experience it in our lives. But what they're really doing is not experiencing something that we have conjured up, but he who is in us, the Holy Spirit of God. He is the source of our joy. These things have I spoken unto you that he says, my joy. My joy might remain in you. He literally wants to take the joy that, that he is and that he has and place it within our hearts. Now, we think of Jesus, we sing of, of Calvary and, and such. We think of him as a man of sorrows. And indeed, he paid the price for our sin in order that we may be given eternal life in order that we may be given a home in heaven, in order that we may be given the person of the Holy Spirit of God to produce this joy in us. But if I'm going to say this to you, and I want you to, to understand what I'm saying. This man of sorrows, there was a genuine joy in Jesus, even in the midst of sorrow. Now, Jesus is the source of joy. He's also the stability of joy. We, we want to be stable. We want to be one that doesn't go from being not joyous to, to being joyous. He wants us to find his joy, but then he wants us to keep it. It wants it to be a part of our lives. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 says, even more clearly, he says, Rejoice evermore. So it's important for us to stop before I go any further with our study right here to notice the difference between joy and smiling. Joy and smiling. Even when the tears are, are coming down our cheeks, there can still be joy in our hearts. Do you hear me? Now, it's steadfast in sorrow. That means that being a joyful Christian does not mean you will not have sorrow. John 16, 20 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the, the world shall rejoice. You can have joy in spite of sorrow. 
You ever been in the midst of someone who's walking in the spirit of God, perhaps in a, in a funeral home that has lost a, a loved one, and their heart and their mind just continues to exude with the joy of knowing the presence of their loved one? It's a, it's a mighty experience during that sorrowful time. Triumphant in tribulation. John 16, says, In the world you shall have tribulation. But then we know that the one who penned these words, the Apostle Paul sang praises to God at midnight in a Philippian jail. Abundant in affliction. And this outline, by the way, will give credit to Adrian Rogers, who you may listen to on the radio. And just so happened he was preaching on joy when I turned on the radio this week. And I said, well, that's good stuff. Let's add that to my sermon. Amen. And so this is the best I remember of some of the things he said. First Thessalonians 1, 6, And ye shall become followers of us and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Then he talked about the sufficiency of joy. Not only is his joy here to stay, but the fact that his joy is enough. It's all that we need. Psalm 1611. Thou wilt show me the path of life and the presence of the fullness of joy and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. He then went on to talk about the secret of joy. Even though that joy is available to us, not every Christian has joy. And that's when you, you're listening to someone preach a message like that. It's resonating within your heart and you go, huh. There are a lot of Christians that are not joyous. You can be a Christian and still be miserable. As a matter of fact, the most miserable man on earth is not the man that's unsaved, but he's the man who has come to a saving knowledge of Christ He's a saved man, but he's out of fellowship with God. He's not walking close and clean. He, he's not with him. Psalm 51, 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. So my heart, and I hope that your heart, is attuned as the Holy Spirit of God is going to speak to all of us today. First of all, how to obtain joy. How to allow him to produce that joy in us. But furthermore, how to experience it every day in our life. Now, I went back and I looked at some of the things I said to you in preparation for these messages. And you remember I said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You see, a branch is absolutely dependent upon the vine. And so the vine sustains the branch and provides everything needed. The branch never has to worry about its provisions. And then the branch is not called on to do anything for God just to abide in the vine. Why well, I pulled up Northside Baptist Church on the Facebook, on the webpage, and it says, you are a people who abide in the Lord. Are we? Are we a people who are abiding in the Lord in such a way that the branch and the vine, the branch surrenders to the vine in order to be useful? 
We want to be used of God. We want God to, to empower this church in such a way that we become the spitting image of the Lord Jesus. Oh, what a great week to, to have this upon our minds and our hearts as we have all of these vacation Bible school kids here. Not, you know, in the midst of all of our, our headaches and midst of all of maybe some discipline problems this week, we're going to keep a smile on our face. Amen? Because we got joy, joy, joy. Where? Down in our hearts. Down in our hearts. Now, where can you find this type of joy and delight? And finally, I'm to where I think you guys can help me out. Talk about the joy of salvation. The joy of salvation. Knowing Jesus should bring personal joy. Just knowing him, not knowing about him, but having a personal relationship with him. And how do we know? We know that our sins have been forgiven. We, we know that we have eternal home in heaven because we've accepted Christ into our hearts and in our lives. And so now there, there is inside of us this profound, unbelievable, unspeakable joy. Listen, do you want to go to hell when you die? No. I don't think anybody here wants to go to hell when they die. Aren't you glad that if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you're not going to go to hell when you die? Then you should look like it. You should act like it. There ought to be this smile. There ought to be this joy that exudes right here. And the only one thing that can cause us to lose the joy of our salvation, what is it? Sin. Who sinned? my sin it's my sin that will stand in the way of me not experiencing the joy of my salvation it was a birthright given to me when I accepted Christ as my savior remember the 70 that were sent out into the harvest in Matthew chapter 10 when they returned they returned it says joyfully Matthew 10, 17 through 20 says, Then they return with joy, saying, Let even the demons that are subject to us in your name be subject unto us in your name. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Your names are written in heaven. We are followers of Christ. We're followers of Christ and we've been forgiven of our sin and we have a home in heaven and we have been saved and so let's let our lives and let's let our faces show it. Amen? All right, so the joy of salvation, but then what about the joy of tribulations? Because once we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we're not immune. Life's not hunky-dory from now on. Tribulations still occur, still come our way, we, we, but we can have joy right in the middle of our difficult times because behind every problem, there is a divine purpose. There's a divine purpose. The Bible says in Romans 5, 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Know that tribulations produces perseverance and then patience. Tribulations in the Greek is a cool little word right there. Philippus. Philippus means pressure, uh, affliction, distress. 
okay, so you get saved today. You think maybe if you walked out tomorrow and got into the real world, there could be some Thylipus? Think it could be some affliction maybe that would come your way, some pressure, some distress? Romans 5, 4 says, and perseverance, character, and character, listen, hope, hope. So the end result of suffering is hope. Begins with suffering, but ends with hope, which is a confident expectation. So while we're walking through that time, we're turning our eyes on Jesus. We're focusing on Jesus because he's in control of our lives and he can see through our tribulation. Listen, our tribulations are not just random happenings. You see, divine appointments grow our faith. We, we've been bought with a price. He knows every step we'll take. He knows where we'll be uh, this afternoon, tomorrow, so we can rest in God's holy word and listen to what it says in James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Anybody here need patience? But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Well, that puts joy in my mind and in my heart. But then notice the joy of adoration. We talked about salvation, tribulations. One of the most joyful times in the life of a believer is when we come and we worship the Lord. And we Did you know you can worship the Lord privately? And you can worship the Lord corporately. And man, this is a wonderful, wonderful time. Listen to the psalmist. This is what he said, Psalm 122.1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you joyful when you get to go to the Lord's house? Not have to go. Get to go. I'll just be honest with you. There have been times I didn't want to come, but I had to come because I was a preacher. It's because I wasn't concentrating on the fact that God in his presence, no matter where we are, we should not have that kind of an attitude, but there ought to be the joy of coming together, glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our services are a time for us to worship, a time for us to adore, adoration, adore God with the gladness, that word, that joy, that gladness of our hearts, no matter what our week has been like, no matter what our day has started out like, no matter what circumstances we, we're beholding in our lives, a time when God speaks, and he speaks through our music, he speaks through prayer, he speaks through teaching. He speaks through preaching of his holy word. He invites us to respond then at the end of that time in obedience. And it's a joy to be in obedience to the Holy Spirit's drawing. And that being said, why do so many people want to end the service so quickly? Hmm. We rush in. 
brush out. Worshiping together should be one of the most joyful times in our lives together as believers. Let me tell you a secret. Those of you that are saved, you're going to do it for all eternity and never stop. You're not going to rush in and rush out. It's going to be worshiping the Lord forever and forever and forever. Well, the joy of salvation, tribulations, adoration. How about the joy of concentration? Concentration. We need to learn to focus today. On today. Today is a gift of God. Every morning, Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. But you can't focus on today and concentrate on today if you've got the guilt of the past or the fear of the future. If we've dealt with our past and it's under the blood of Christ and we're not afraid of the future because we know who holds our future, then today becomes a joyful time for us. We can't be joyful today if we just are worrying about things. If that's filling our minds, we need to focus on the blessings of the moment. And when we focus on the blessings of the moment, we're saved. Our sins have been forgiven. We're going to heaven. You see, when we begin to do that, he gives us strength. He gives us grace. He, he gives us mercy each day to live that day. Lamentations 3 says, through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. And then what does it say? Great is his faithfulness. He's faithful. Then notice the joy of restoration. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we do that individually. Sometimes we do that collectively as a, bo as a body. We fall into sin, and sometimes we don't act like we're, we're branches that are attached to the vine and, and uh, uh, to the Lord Jesus. And sometimes we get tired of life and all its problems. Can I, I'm just being honest, don't we? Sometimes we just get mad and bitter about our problems. That's when we need to remember these words. Psalm 71, 20, 21. You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again, bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. One of the reasons God sometimes allows us to get down is so he can bring us up. So we'll know he's able. 
so, so we can see him in action. And one of, one of the, you can turn miseries then into some kind of a, a ministry, you know, because there's always somebody out there, if you'll look and be sensitive to it, that could use you reaching out to them instead of you having the poor meats. There could be an, an instance where that restoration is so needed in your life, that restoration is so needed in the church. Oh, for God to give us a revival, wouldn't that be wonderful? But we don't want to pay the price for a revival. We don't want to prepare for a revival. We don't be honest with God for him to be able to, to bring revival to our lives. You, you can have a mountaintop in your life, but you didn't have that mountaintop until first there was a valley. When you went through a valley experience and then God brought you up and, and he brought you out. I, I pray God will bring us each and all of us out of the valley to the mountaintop for revival, for, for restoration. Notice number six, the joy of supplication. Supplication right there. Webster defines supplication as the act of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. Let me say that again. Asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. Here's what Jesus said. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive and your joy that it might be made full. Prayer is a time of joy at the end of this service today we're going to pray earnestly pray over our newly elected search team I've prepared for you and those of you that have email you've received your copy already by email but those that don't have email I have a copy for you it's a prayer guide it's a time when you can joyfully get down on your knees and pray for Chris and Karen and Gina and Ryan and Mark. There's scriptures that I've given you in here for the next 31 days, and then I ask you after those 31 days, turn around and do it over again. For as long as it takes, earnestly begging, praying, humbly before God in joy, knowing that he's got the man for this church. And so we, so we pray through that supplication time. It's a joyous time. A joyous time prayer is fellowship with God. And if you want the Holy Spirit of God to produce joy in your life, you got to spend time with God in prayer. Time with God in prayer. And my, my, my first statement to this church team is take time to pray. Take time to pray. Seek the mind and the heart of God. Number seven, the joy of meditation. Meditation. Now, as we read, as we study, as we meditate upon and we apply, listen, all of these days that I'm, I'm giving you these verses, I want you to read them, study them, meditate on them, apply them. The Holy Spirit of God will produce joy as we come to understand God's purpose 
for us in our lives individually and collectively. Listen to Psalm 119, 111. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Now, is this true of you? Is this true of me? In closing this morning, the Holy Spirit God will lead us to focus on these things that bring us joy. But the enemy. But the enemy will try to get us to focus on things that will take away our joy. There's a battle going on. Preached it two weeks ago. The choice is ours. You, you can stay over here in the past all you want and be robbed of your joy. You can worry about the future out here and forfeit your joy. Or you can stand firm in the present and know that he who is in us is able to bring joy, joy, sweet joy. I don't know where you need to focus, but as I read and meditated and continue to do so on this message and then these scriptures that you'll receive today or you've already received, God's shaping and molding me. It's going to take us all individually to be shaped and molded and to be what God wants us to be. There needs to become a unity, a one mind, one heart, one accord. And if I, if I read my Bible correctly, that in the early church in the book of Acts, it says the people were all in one mind, one heart, one accord, and the Holy Spirit showed up and brought revival. Huh. Isn't it amazing if we just follow the plan, follow the word? I want you, you know, last week I had you make a commitment. I want you to make another commitment. Lord, I'll allow you to have freedom to bring joy in my life. I'm going to quit fighting. You know, sometimes we just fight the Lord. Nope, I'm not going to be happy. You're going to say something to smile, not me. And I'm not asking you to fake it. I'm asking for there to be a real, genuine joy of knowing he's able. He's able. I know one thing, he's able to save anyone here today that's lost in their sin. He saved me 17. He gave me a new life. So much that when I joined the military service, I had, I had prior to that been kind of a beaten down kid told I wouldn't amount to anything. And if I smiled in my household, I got slapped. And so when I got saved and I got in the military boot camp, the, the drill sergeant came up and said, what are you smiling at, boy? Nothing, sir. I couldn't help it. I just got saved. Just, just weeks before I went into boot camp. And it, it, became, it, it became something that was almost like my worst enemy. <laughs> but I couldn't quit smiling. And I, I probably smile all the time now. People tell me I do. But I'm going to tell you, I used to not smile. I didn't. 
afternoon. I thought I got a raw deal. Didn't know who my daddy was, brought up in alcoholism. Y'all, me, 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 But then Jesus put my feet on solid ground and saved me. And he began to work mightily in my life. I can only tell you what's happened to me, and I'm telling you, it could happen to you if it happened to me. And I also can tell you this. I've got a strong will. And when I find myself many times doing battle with the Lord, the sweet, precious Holy Spirit of God, you know, I told you before, sometimes he can do it with the word. Sometimes he has to get the loppers out and throw me in the middle of something. But he's got a way, doesn't he, to bring us back, to bring us back. I don't know where you are. Just evaluate that. Think about that for a minute. Let's bow our heads. We're going to have a gospel invitation for you to come to be saved today, to come recommit your life today, come and pray today, unite with the church today, or just say, Lord, I'm tired of being grumpy. Lord, I know you live in my heart, and I want you to show yourself strong in my life. Bring joy, joy unspeakable. May it be obvious. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing, give you an opportunity to publicly come and accept Christ as your Savior, recommit yourself to Him, or unite with the church. May be seated, please, for just a few minutes. I'm going to ask that Chris Fornoy come forward, and Karen Hogan, and Gina Johnson, and Ryan McMackle, and Mark Runyons. Chris has been elected the chairman of the new search team. And, sir, I'll initially turn it over to you, please, sir. All right, my name is Chris Fornoy, and I have the honor and privilege of being the chairman and spokesman of the pastor search team which consists of Ryan McMichael, Mark Runyons, Karen Hogan, and Gina Johnson. Northside has been blessed with a group of men and women who are both biblically astute and spiritually discerning. We all love Northside, and we are fully committed to completing the task that has been set before us with, as my Latin teacher used to say, alacrity and celerity. That means enthusiasm and swiftness. You can Google those words later if you want to make sure that's what they mean. Um, we're going to be diligent 
until this job is done. Uh, whatever your expectations are for what a pastor's church committee should do and be, we hope to fulfill those, make you proud. Um, that being said, we the pastor search process is underway. We met last Sunday formally as a group for the first time for two hours, and we discussed everything. We laid out a plan um, for what we're going to do. Uh, you should have received a online survey link via email last week. Uh, that'll be open through next Sunday at 1 p.m. Hope you'll take some time to give us some thoughtful answers. If you prefer a hard copy, I'll put about 30 of those on the podium or out in front. So feel free to take one of those. If you do it, hard copy, there'll be a box next week for you to put them in. It'll be due next Sunday as well. Um, we're going to, next time we meet, we're going to take those surveys and we're going to analyze them, summarize them, and come up with a profile for, for a pastor. We also are going to determine the wording we want to have in the job posting that we're going to place, place online. And we'll start receiving resumes and applications. So we're getting this ball rolling. If there's more information or comments or ideas you want to share with us beyond what is in the survey, feel free to email us at psc at nbcnoonan.org. Uh, also, we're approachable. Feel free to approach any of us and you know, let us know your thoughts. Do you have any questions? We plan on giving updates regularly, um, maybe bi-weekly. As, as events progress in the search, we'll, we'll let you know, keep you updated. But uh, we ask your, for your prayer, obviously. Uh, three things I'll mention. One, pray for us to have godly wisdom. Pray for us to be unified and pray for us to be spiritually discerned. Um, so all those things take place. We should we should have us the pastor that, that God wants. Also pray that on the other end that God will uh, lay on the man's heart uh, to turn in his application and resume when we open that up so we can uh, we can identify him. So that's all I have to say. that again if you guys would come down right on the floor in front here I want to give the whole church an opportunity to come down and if you will just extend your hands out as we're going to pray over our, our search team uh, typically we would refer to this as I guess laying on of the hands of the search team and uh, I'll pray over the search team but I want to ask you to come and join me if you would as a church as you're coming two things I want to say to you don't forget to pick up your hard copy if you haven't gotten one of the survey also a, a prayer guide if you don't have it on on your email and then one last and listen this is totally uh, not about the search team but if you've not registered your child for Vacation Bible School, we need you to do so this afternoon. There are tablets out in the front uh, foyer out there for you to do that as you depart in the next few minutes. But then that'll free things up for those that are coming from the outside to register when they come tonight. Okay? All right. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would fill these five individuals with wisdom, insight, to know and to discern your perfect will for the next pastor of Northside Baptist Church. I pray, Father, that you would grant to them 
even if it's through tribulations, patience. Lord, build trust in their minds and their hearts throughout this process as they keep their eyes upon you. Keep them unified. Keep them humble. Humble with each other and humble with the church. Lord, give them the mind of Christ. I pray, Father, for discipline, perseverance to the very end of the process. I pray, Father, through this venture that not only the search team, but this church would get to know the great shepherd even better. I pray, Father, that the under-shepherd, the local shepherd that you already have in mind, would grow during these next few days, weeks, months that lie ahead through the power of prayer. I pray, Father, for timing. I pray that just the right time would be present with you. Lord, our, our time is not your time and our way is not your way. But, Lord, we seek your time and your way. I pray, Father, for communication that you'll speak in and through each one that there will be a corporate spirit among themselves. May it happen with them individually, in private, but then even when they come and they make their reports to us as a church body. And last, Lord, I pray for joy. I pray that there be a joy during this time in the life of this church and a joy in the life of this committee. That, Lord, you've got great and wonderful things in store. Help us to keep kingdom perspective. Help us not to be so centered in upon what we want or I want, but Lord, what is your plan in your way? Father, we love you. We thank you for where you brought us from. We thank you that you'll hold the future. God, we just exude right now with your presence. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, freedom from restraint. So, Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to empower us and direct us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.